This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Good afternoon, traders, and welcome to the Limit Up podcast presented by Top Step Trader. My name is Jack Pelzer, and this is the program where we discuss everything related to markets, futures, forex, trading, and trading psychology with the best and brightest from across the industry, the world, the universe. Today's episode is a sequel, but not in the traditional sense. No, this is more of a soft reboot, because we are not following directly from last week's episode. Instead, we are bringing you the conclusion of our very special interview with the founder and CVO of this company. That's right, Michael Patak, the chief visionary officer of Top Step Trader, has returned for the second half of his interview with Jeff Carter. But don't worry if you haven't heard the first part yet, because this interview will act as its own self-contained podcast. Although, please, by all means, feel free to listen to the first part if you want to know more about Michael's gritty origin story. Today, Jeff will interview Mike about how he founded a small floor trading operation and grew it into the successful online trading company it is today. They will also discuss the ethos of Top Step and what makes its traders and community so special. But before all that, let's kick things over to Mark Meadows to get a gauge on the markets in this week's Market Reaction. Is it possible to make money trading tweets? Okay, if you discount the initial market reaction and say you weren't in a position, um, but here the president is talking up the economy or pressuring OPEC on oil, can you actually make money trading tweets? Or is the news immediately baked in? I've mentioned a few times that I tend to be a contrarian. That means that if the president tweets something that causes the market to rise, I want to sell. If the market falls, I want to buy. But you have to be careful around the news. Uh, If the news is market changing, if it's truly market changing, then you're going to get run over. I've been there many times. But right now, my sense is that the market is growing tired of these tweets. They're almost predictable. Everyone knows the president follows the markets closely. So if we have a 2% decline one day in equities, guess what happens the next? There's a tweet on China, or the economy's strong, or progress is being made with the trade war. At some point, and I think that point is soon, the tweets are going to stop being effective altogether. And that initial algo-led reaction is going to create a great opportunity not just for a single trade that day, but for a multi-day trade. That's what I'm setting up for, and that's what I'm waiting for. And that's your market reaction. Thanks, Mark. What more is there to say about today's guest? He's a trader, entrepreneur, and occasional Airbnb host. Above all, he has a real passion for putting traders in the right place to succeed. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Chapter 2 of this Limit Up interview between Jeff Carter and the founder and CVO of Top Step Trader, Mr. Michael Patak. You know, one of the things in the pit that I always had was a speed edge because I could hit stuff faster so I, than yeah. anybody else. And it made not a difference when a trade was good, but when a trade was bad uh-huh. because you always had to have an outdoor. And I felt like when I made the jump to the screen, I didn't have the outdoor, and instead of the first rat off the sinking ship, yeah. I was the last rat. Hopefully, <laughs> 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 well, we just didn't get pulled down. That's great. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, because like you know, I, I can remember being trading. Let's say unemployment, seven twenty in the morning, seven thirty. The number comes out, 
and boom, the market trades up or down and you're able to cover if you're losing because it actually traded from point to point. Mm -hmm. It didn't just go where now the computers are so fast. It may trade, but you're not going to get a piece of that trade. So you're buying – if you're if let's say if you're short in the market rallies, you're going to buy the high. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I know I've done that a lot yeah. of times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or vice versa. But yeah, and interestingly, if you're long in the market rallies like that, you're not going to sell the high. No, but you think yeah, it's you're the young trader in you would say I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, right. But the veteran yeah, yeah. is a, is like no, yeah, not, that's not happening. Yeah, if it no. does, if it does, that's a that's a great day. Um, that's kind of a lucky, not good day, but you got it. Right. Yeah. Right. Lucky. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, luck happens sometimes. Yep. Let's say I'm a, a five lot trader. Mm-hmm. Do you recommend scaling into and out of trades or I'm, lump I was, sum or? I came from the world of uh, winners add to winners. Yeah. And uh, I never added to losers. I right. had too many. No, no one in trouble double? No, 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 no. No, no I can't. If you got a hunch, do a bunch. <laughs> if we got a hunch, do a bunch. <laughs> um, yeah. There was always a saying, you know, there was a saying around here um, that I had if you're right, you don't have enough on. And if you're wrong, you have on too many. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah. So oh, that was man. a saying I always heard. I had it written up yeah. here on the wall. But, um, I was a five lot trader majority of right. time. Um, but then there's times where like I put a hundred on, but mm-hmm. it was not, it's more like sold. You got a hundred yeah. and then I'd take off 90 of them right. and sit with a 10 lot, peel off half of that, sit right. with a five lot. And now I'm sitting with a five lot. I, I have my edge then was created because whatever that, you know, uh, got out was made my, um, made my average in or right. my entry, you know, different points. And I could, I could calculate that in my head. I'm like, okay, I got a good edge on this one yeah. and if, and, it, and I'm long and it feels pretty good. I'm going to ride this out. And then I'd peel them off as, as, as it goes into uh-huh. it. Or there's and not feel bad about it when the market. You peeled them off and not feel bad yeah. that you peeled some off. Exactly. You're, just, uh, you're lessening your risk. You're lessening your risk. And, and, and I always look at my entry. I, I move my entry price. If I bought everything at 80 and then I sold 90 of them at uh, 82, yeah. um, you know, the market's never traded 85, but right. you know, roughly my break even is now 85. Right. And then now I'm, I'm going to uh, see if that, if that low that's right there that I got everything is still the low. Now, majority of times, then it's not. And then you're like, right. okay, well, I gave that one a, a shot. And, for me, I mean, the I wasn't a much of a scaler uh, in on on losers. I was mm-hmm. a scaler in on winners. Mm-hmm. So, like, if the market, you know, markets sometimes are kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Watching pain drop. Around, they don't move around a lot. Do you increase your size in those markets or decrease? Um, or do you not trade at all? I watch it. Yeah, yeah, because there's times during the day where where I like the movement, and then right. it, and then it, it, the window of opportunity closes, right? And then you can't force it, and right. then you get yourself in a really bad spot because I'm not used to quiet markets with a lot of size on, right? You know, spreaders are kind of they, they, yeah. it's kind of their thing, but not. Yeah. I was for, a spreader, that's yeah. So I that yeah, you, yeah, yeah. it probably fit well with you. And for yeah. me, I was like, no. And then I would either call it a day, yeah. Depending, there are times where we sit down and start playing Uno in the pit, mm-hmm. uh, and, and just preoccupy your mind because a good trader. To be a good trader, you don't always have to be trading. Actually, right. you probably shouldn't always be trading. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, oh, I would only trade during times where I felt my opportunity and probability of success was the best. Now, right. In 2008, it was great because everything was just like ding, 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 ding. ding. ding yeah. yeah. Just be short. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like you have to be right? I did when I first started. Yeah. Now I, I just want to learn from that one. Now it feels pretty crappy when you're wrong, 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 wrong. Right. But then if you have discipline, you can shut it down for the day, go for a run tomorrow. It's yeah. a whole new day. Forget that the other, forget right. that that other one happened, but learn from that day. Right. So let's say you go on a losing streak. How long would you walk away from the market before you came back? Uh, I used to take 
trips if I took a really bad losing trip. I travel a lot. But you can't afford to go if you're. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you got to keep keep those losses not that big. Yeah. Yes. But um, I would I would take some I would take like a week off. But um, sometimes if I wasn't traveling, I'd take like a I don't know if I'd take so much time away from the market. I would just go back to what I called trading one on one. I'd go back to the basics mm-hmm. and then uh, build your confidence legs again, get your head wrapped around yeah. what's moving. Things have changed. Yeah. And what, what I was looking at before now has changed. Who's leading? What's the lagger? Maybe, yeah. you know, so um, just start just talking to the other guys around me. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty good too on, on what they're doing. Uh, and then step back and see how I'm approaching the market. Interesting. Um, but my it's friend, a shifting of gears for yeah, me. Yeah. My friend Bill Shepard, he was. Bill Shepard, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was the creator of the E-mini contract. And a good mentor of, of mine, he um, was the largest British pound spreader in the world. Oh, wow. Um, so big that the Bank of England monitored his position. Oh, wow. And when he would have a bad time, he would start trading one lots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way you go. Yeah. Uh, trading 101 is like basically going back to the small size and bringing your risk and everything down. Yeah. yeah. And just smart. Just to get like in the groove. Uh-huh. Because you got – you. It's a humble too. It's a too. flow. It's yeah, a flow. It's, oh, yeah. If yeah. you're not humble, you're going to get your you're ass humble, kicked. You're going to get smoked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it does humble you. And yeah. Then, and then you start to get you the, the flow again. It's like, what do they say for a, a batter that, uh, that that's on a cold streak? Just yeah. get on base? Yeah. Just get on base. Just get on base, yeah. I mean, if that's taking a hit or taking it's, a bunt. It's kind of funny because trading takes a lot of emotional intelligence, I think, yep. where you wrestle with yourself. And you have to recognize that. There's and a lot of psychology in it. A lot of psychology and the adaptability. I know they're mm-hmm. talking about AQ nowadays. There's EQ and AQ, adaptability quoting. Uh-huh. And that's about how quickly you can adapt. And they're talking about entrepreneurs that are yeah. successful have this AQ thing because technology is moving so quickly. But right. as a trader, we had to do that day in and day out. Oh, my God. The market would move so fast. Yes. So it's yeah. all you have to keep the open mind. Like me as a new trader, I didn't keep an open mind. I was like, "That's gonna do this, right?" And I don't need to have a stop. And it's right. just gonna go up, right? So, uh, you know, as I as I gained more experience, paid more tuition to the market, so yeah. to speak, you get humbled, and then you start to see that you know if you want to play this game, hum- humility goes a very yeah. long ways. What happens if the market always? It seems like. You put your stop in, the market goes, hits your stop, and then it then goes, it goes the away. way you wanted it to go, big, right? That's when, <laughs> that's when you think that, that's it's when like you th- so. Oh God, it drives you crazy, right? That's when you think the Goldman boys, the JP boys, they're all looking at your yeah, little that's five right, line right, stop yeah, yeah, yeah. and saying, "I'm going to go get that one." Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. but like, maybe there's a lot of stops there because everybody sees the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Yep, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I come from that mindset that that the herd, you know, when you're part of the herd, you want to be the minority of the herd. Yeah. You, know? you don't want to be the herd. Right. Know? So. Right. Yeah. You want to go the other way. Um, my best trades were people looked at me like I was absolutely insane doing it. And then all of a sudden they would realize what happened. Yep. Do you remember trades or do you just forget them? Oh, there's two that I remember. Uh, one just still makes me and my hair like, yeah. come up. and. You it have was, hair. Uh, I don't have hair. <laughs> it was uh, at eleven. It was like eleven fifteen in, in in Chicago's afternoon, yeah. which means New York's on on their lunch break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and London's closed. London's closed, and yeah. it's really quiet. And and uh, I'm sitting down in the pit. If that means anything, that means yeah. there's nothing going on. Yeah, they and let I, you do that at the board of trade. Yeah, the Merck, we couldn't. Do yeah, that. you couldn't do that. You could no. bring chairs in the pit at the board of trade. Uh-huh. It's such a club. Uh huh. It was. <laughs> I said, "Good old boys club." Yeah. <laughs> And then the broker got up, and there's never been a uh, – you know, there's typically not big orders yeah. at, at like 11. And he goes – he stands up, and he like collects himself, and he goes, 
And also in the Dow pit, when you trade it from like 80 to 85 right. to, to 90, those are big orders. But if right. you go like, you know, 87 bid, right. you think that's like a 20 lot or right. a 30 lot tops. Right. right. You know, but the big orders, like if it's a thousand, you know, a thousand lot or 500 lot, you know, they go in bigger mm-hmm. increments. Mm-hmm. So he, right when he, he stood up, he goes 87 bid. And I just go sold. And he goes, he goes 300. Now 300 for a five lot trader. And those mini Dow traders out there, that's uh, what is uh, that is Five two times? No, it's two two or times. Two? So it's six hundred six hundred minis. Now you're long from the price of eighty seven. Yeah. And on the screen, it was eighty six bid like four lots. <laughs> <laughs> so you're so not covered. You're not covered. So what that basically means is you're long six hundred of these. And if you want to just get out of all of them because you're because anything in the world could happen right now yeah. and you're long. And you could be out of house and home in seconds. Yes, that's right. Uh, then, uh, so what I did, I started peeling off some of them. My mentor taps me on the shoulder. I'll take 50 of them. Yeah. And uh, ended up getting out of that trade, you know, with a $5,000 loser, I think it was. Yeah. Because uh, it just started, it just kept creeping higher. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody in the pit saw it. So, of course, they're going to just they're tap their drive screen. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because they know I got to get out and they'll just, right. you know. So um, that was the scariest point because. I knew I had like 20 grand, I think, at that point in my trading account. Ooh. And I mean, this is a 600 lot. Yeah, that's. And 10 cents would have been. You'd have bought the farm. You would have bought the farm. You would have yeah. lost the farm, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I was very, very nervous at that point. Ended up getting out of it. And in the trading world, if you say the word sold, you have to take all of them. It depends on the pit. It depends on the pit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They yeah. have their own culture. Yeah, each yeah. One. Each pit yes. had its own culture. In the euro dollars, it wasn't that way. Yeah. Okay. They would say, how many? Okay. Because so they there were the so currency. many big orders. Okay. okay. Um, but in the hogs, it was that way. Uh-huh. And so I had I had one in the hogs once where- Yeah, switching to that for you had to get- Yeah, to get I went that. down and I, I had forgotten the etiquette and Gilly Goodman came in the pit and said, what's here? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's what this guy was And here. I just went at a half mm-hmm. and he said, buy him a hundred. And I was like trading like two lots. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Same sort of thing. Uh-huh. And this other guy who will remain nameless because we're who I didn't get along with very well went 60 bit on 10, 70 bit on 10, oh. 80 bit on 10, 90 bit on 10. Hey, anybody got anything? Oh. And so that now well, I looked and I painful. looked at John Connolly uh-huh. and I said, okay, John, I'm new to the pit. I can take my lesson. How much is this going to cost me? And I think it was like $16,000, $17,000. And so I turned to another guy, Bobby Henner. And I said, Bobby, what should I do? He goes, spread them off. <laughs> spread, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, I don't know how to spread, I don't them, know how off. To spread them off. Yep. And he said, just go write me a ticket. So I timestamped an order, gave it to Bobby. He spread them off. And by the end of the day, I was up $1,200 on that. Oh, my God. Good for you. <laughs> I mean, that got my hair standing up. Because these stories, they're, they're incredible stories. Yeah. Because you're sitting there and all things can change in your life. Like yeah, that. Right. You know, so it's just, it's very, very scary. Oh, totally. And. I mean, I traded for 30 years in the pit, so there's a lot of different ones that I remember. I remember when Solomon Smith Barney tried to rig the um, bond market. I think that was 89. Okay. They tried to rig the bond auction. Uh-huh. And I'll never forget this because I, I was a spreader and I was spreading in the euro dollars. I was spreading the thinly traded red months at the time. There were no greens or blues. Maybe there were, but they didn't trade very much. To the front months. Mm-hmm. So the first four and the second four. And you'd always get the edge in the first four, back four, and, you know, you'd give it up in the front. But the spread would move around mm-hmm. quite a bit. 
And Buck Hayworth came in and he's like, what's here? Buy him, buy him, buy him. And he bought him, bought him, bought him. And he just blew through all the spreads. And then the auction came out and the blood drained out of his face because they had to cover everything. And then it was sold, sold, sold. Oh, and it wow. went like up like a crazy amount, like 20. And the euro dollars used to move like five Kind of like the trading places story. Yeah. And then the other day, boom, it goes the other way. Uh-huh. It was absolutely insane. The other... I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff, but in 08, when the con, uh, when the Senate was debating the bailout of the banks, mm-hmm. I was short a buttload of hogs, more than 500 with a thousand spreads on, and every tick was costing me, and you had no control. Mm-hmm. And if they approve the bailout, I'm going to lose money, and if they don't approve the bailout, I'm going to make money. Uh-huh. And you just had to watch it. Uh, and there was yeah. nothing you could do. That's why, okay, going back, that's why I remain flat at night. Yeah. Um, that's why I would uh, go from a 100 lot down to down to uh, a 10 lot, down right. to a 5 lot. Right. Just because I wasn't, there were there were guys in there and girls in there that that, that could take that, um, yeah. that ebbs and flows of yeah. emotional swing. Mine, I was just, I was going in there looking for base hits, yep. base hits to win ball games. Uh, doubles do. and triples. Every now and then you load the bases, you hit your little grand slam, but yeah. I didn't look for grand slams. Yeah. I didn't look for home runs. I looked for doubles and triples. I, I got into this trade in August mm-hmm. of 08. Okay. So the you, beginning wow. of August. And this was like October. Was a very, I still very crazy had time in the market. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. I still had them. And, and then the funny thing is I had them through December 31st and then it was marked to market. So I had to pay taxes on uh-huh. them. And the first three days of January was lock limit up against me. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, oh God. <laughs> so I had another one too. I like certain trades you remember. I walked in, I had 80 spreads on, and I knew it was going to go against me. I mean, you could feel it. Like you could see the market flow, mm-hmm. and you knew you're going to take a hickey. And like I knew one side of the spread was going to go one way, and the other was, and I was wrong. And so on the open, I covered 80 right away and then waited for the market to rally on the other one. And I waited from, Nine ten when we opened to one o'clock, oh, and wow. I got out on the close, the oh, eighty, wow. and scratched the whole thing. But it took all freaking day. See, what's co- uh, cra- uh, crazy about these stories is, yeah. I think it's like golf, where yeah. uh, golfers remember their holes and yeah. how they played the holes and everything yeah, too. Because yeah, trading, of. there are times where these these ones that they you can never shake it from your mind. No, they're, they're kind of fun to remember. Yeah, I think it's because it was so visceral. Uh, uh, computer trades, I don't. Yeah, it's hard to remember. I don't remember crap. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, no. Yeah. There was one, I do remember one because I was 200 uh, points as a Dow, 200 points off the market. Yeah. Um, with a 10 lot short just sitting out there. Uh, the unemployment number uh, came out or something and it rallied 400 points. It was like that in a second. Boom, boom. Uh, and I got, I went from, it was, I had zero P&L on my screen. I was my first trade of the day. It was in the morning and I had this sitting way off the market. I got hit on it, short on it, and the uh, market continued to rally through. But this all happened within a split, like, Two seconds. Oh, like my a, God. That, that was would down, be so unsettling. I was down like 13 grand. It just went brrr, 13 oh. grand. And then I'm like, and I got out of all of them because I'm like, I'm one of those that are like, yeah. I don't know if this is going to turn into yeah, 20 could or be, 30. Yeah, right. It could know? be 100. Like, it could be 100. Yeah, I don't right. need to do that. I, 20, right. I can eat 12 right now and yeah, just call yeah, yeah. myself an idiot for the day. Yeah. You know? So uh, that was a feel like you can make that back. Too. Yeah, yeah. You can, yeah. you know, you're like, okay. If, now you're, we gotta, if you're that size trader. We got to work. Yeah. We got a couple weeks ahead of us. Yeah. Good work. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the other thing is like once you, you might be down a few grand or something, but if you traded, if you're used to that, you could trade and go, I could be up, you know, intraday, you would be up and down, up and down 
and hopefully by the end of the day, positive. So, and it depends on your strategy and all that stuff. Do you see any particular markets as having more outsized opportunity than other markets if somebody was going to start trading today? Uh, well, we're in the futures and Forex space right. as far as uh, the funding of traders there. And we're expanding those asset classes, yeah. looking for more uh, kind of uh, opportunities there. We, we know that there's a market for funding traders. And, right. And people need experience or, and capital to kind of enter the markets and do do par, right. you know, um, to have just the basics there. Yeah. And then it takes your own like intestinal yep. fortitude and yeah. passion. But, no kidding. Um, yeah. So we're helping people bridge that. What about like, you know, some markets go hot and some go cold. Yeah. So like 87 happened and the, the huge crash. And then people walked away from the S&P pit and they went to other pits. They went to the Forex pit. They went to the Euro dollar pit. They went to the bond pit because their action was over there. Do you foresee... Have you looked at? You might not have looked at it. Do you see any markets that might be have more opportunity where other markets might be dead? Like metals might have more opportunity and crude oil's dead or you know yeah. whatever. Well, I think if uh, see I stayed with the same same product. There'd be people that left the pit and go yeah. trade the beans because the beans were hot one summer sure. or, or more than one summer. Right. And then they'd be, you know, back and, and whatever. I didn't chase the volume, so to speak, or the opportunity. I stayed in my same product. If it went quiet, I then shifted my trading, but I was so in tune with that one thing. I wanted to be a, instead of a jack of all trades, I wanted to yeah. be a master of this one product. So right. I just honed in and focused on one thing. Do you feel like if I, let's say I became really proficient in crude oil and that market sort of died, could I take those, you know, because on the computer I can go anywhere I want. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so I don't, and I don't even have to know anybody. Uh -huh. Could I take those same skills to the Dow or the S&P? Yeah. It's a, I mean, you clearly got in that position because you can manage risk and, uh -huh. and, and you see things on how markets move and you know how to manage either your emotions or build your account or your account management skills. These, these skills can be transferable into any auction process. Right. Are there any markets in the futures and Forex space that you think don't lend themselves to smaller size traders? That's a good question. I know that our most popular ones are like the S&P, the NASDAQ, sure. gold, uh, yeah. and uh, crude oil. Mm -hmm. um, the smaller traders- Those are I mean, always great retail products. Those are great way. retail products, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess, I mean, it, to me, it's finding what fits with you. It's yeah. kind of hard for me to say, hey, whatever. But I mean, it's I knew you needed a lot more capital if you were spreading and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, the margins are much higher than they yeah, used to be. holding positions over yeah. weekends, all that. It's gonna, so the smaller trader is kind of- Locked in what they can do, yeah. Uh, do with capital constraints, but um, those are the markets that I I see. Like I stuck with the Dow. It's not even the most popular yeah. retail one no, that we have, not. but I enjoyed it because I just would stay in tune with the economy and uh -huh. and, and how things were and right and it just yeah it, it worked with me. Just I think like like if you're going to trade interest rate futures, the ten year probably is a better trade for the smaller trader than the euro dollars, let's say, because yeah. there's more movement. There's more movement. So you get more opportunity. Okay. Um, and, you know, if you're going to trade one lots in the euro dollars and you're going to sit there with the allocation algorithm in a pool of 5,000 or 10,000 yeah. Yeah. up, yeah. you're not likely to get hit. In, in retail, uh, folks that come in, uh, they want – 
the action. Yeah. You know, and I get it. I wanted the action when I first started and I still like, you yeah. know, who doesn't like the action sure. if you know how to manage yourself and, right. and, and your right. risk with it. But, uh, right. yeah, I mean the slower moving stuff, you got to have a, you have to be a patient individual. Yeah. Uh, to let these things. And I feel like play out the grain markets and the uh, meat markets could be interesting opportunities. Um, they could be. Yeah, I could see. Depending that. on what your information flow is like. I, I don't know that they trade technically all the time, although people will say that. I like yeah. commodities in general. I mean, yeah. when you're close to and you know that, you know, people consume these things and, mm-hmm. and it's interesting. You know, coming from Nebraska, yeah. I was always watching the corn prices right. and wheat, cattle and hogs. Sure. Absolutely. So, yeah. Orion Samuelson in the farm report. There yep. you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. I yeah, and I think Forex is interesting these days. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's cryptocurrency, which crypto, yeah, some people are trading. Some people, I don't know how to trade that stuff. Yeah, but, it's uh, um, it's I think it's a shiny, fast moving object. That, yeah, of course, it's going to get the attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bitcoin margins, I think, are over fifty percent at CME. If I'm not, is it? It's something. Yeah, it might be seven. Well, Forex, Forex is interesting. I mean, yeah. I was down in Argentina, forty-two to one to the dollar. <laughs> And I bought I bought a I bought a soda, a water, uh, a beer, water, a uh, sandwich, a soup, and a pastry on the mountain because I went skiing yeah. down in uh, Bonaloche. Oh, did you really? Yeah, and uh, just uh, over Fourth of July. Oh my gosh! And it cost me a total of nineteen dollars. Oh like my god! Bucks. I gotta get Argentina. I know. You can buy a slice of pizza in Vail for oh my god thirty five. Yeah. yeah, I know. You gotta like use that. like ketchup and water <laughs> right. to make, make tomato soup there. That's what yeah. the hipsters so do. So just right? watching that, it's a big. Uh, a lot of the, the traders that we have that trade uh, forex, it's a big, big thing to trade um, as far as overseas and everything. Because people go from going from Nebraska to Iowa is like going from country to country. So you like you follow right. these little uh, convert or the uh, currencies. Yeah, I think the thing that people forget about with forex is, you know, so if you think about the the three major markets, you've got sort of equities, debt, and forex, and out of the three, equities is the smallest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and Forex is trillions, trillions. of dollars. Yeah. It never stops. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. 24-7. I mean, they all are 24-7 mm-hmm. now, but but it's especially large. And so that largeness creates opportunity. Yep. And we're seeing a lot. Uh, we're, we're trying to provide that opportunity with the Forex Combine, which is growing really well. It's really exciting to provide uh-huh. those folks because, again, there's a learning curve right. of, of everything. Yeah, you do have to understand some macroeconomic yep. theory yep. And, and, and understand people, how it impacts it. The, right? the barrier entry, yeah, the exact. Because the barrier entry is very low, and then you think you can figure it out. But you need time to figure it out. You need to develop and hone your strategy or right. your uh, traits or skills and, right. and to get yourself in a position where you can make this uh, a consistent income, yeah. uh, which is going to take some time. We're going to have a guy on the podcast in the future. Um, I don't know when, but his name is Ira Harris and Ira he blogs Harris, yeah. at um, uh, 2 plus 2 equals 5. Uh, I can't remember the name of his blog and he's going to kill me. It's iragharris.com. Um, he's a great guy. He, yeah. He's a old friend of mine and one of the best forex traders out there um he's traded forex his entire career so ira's older than me even uh i think he's been in the business 40 years (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah tales from the underground tales from the Underground. yeah that's his blog oh very cool um and you can see him sometimes on cnbc with rick santelli who went to my high school and grew up a few blocks from me believe it or not did rick create the tea party he did. Yes. That little uh, rant that he was throwing yeah. everything in Lake Michigan. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it just happened. Yeah, 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 yeah he day. did. Um, yeah, and we didn't know each other um, until after that, Rick's actually. a good guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, 
And the markets are limitless, right? I mean, when you start to look at markets, um, there's a great blog out there called Markets and Everything written by this professor of economics who works for, I think, Cato now. I can't remember his name offhand. He's, but it, there are markets and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and when I was on the board of directors of CME in 2000, or 1999, they brought in weather derivatives, yeah, which was unheard of at the time. Uh-huh, I remember that. And um, now they're starting to become more of a thing. It takes them a while to get traction, but there are markets and everything. And I think there's so many places in the um, economy that are dark that can be illuminated with markets mm-hmm. and more transparent. And mm-hmm. then capital's more efficient. You get better r- risk allocation and better return on capital through the use of even cryptocurrencies. Um, so I, I think it's limitless. It is limitless. And I'm seeing more. I haven't seen the trading hype as big as it's ever been uh, yeah. as I see now. I saw it with the electronic market started and, sure. and, and when I was getting into it back in the late 90s uh, and things like that. But like with the cryptos and, and all, yeah. you're getting a younger generation that's now like, whoa, hold on. So I can make or lose yeah. uh, you know, a, a lot of money and I can you know, still pursue my career. And what here. year did you start trading? Do you said 90? 90- 97? 97, yeah. So you've seen a bear market. I've seen a bear market for sure, yeah. yeah. We haven't had one since 09. We March of 09, have not had a bear market. March of 09, I, I remember that yeah. very vividly. One of my biggest trades that got stopped, the stop, hit the stop, and then never looked back. Oh, my God. That was the end of March or around March. Yeah, my, yeah right in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah QE whatever. QE <sighs> one, two, three, four, forever. And so I think one of the interesting things that it'll be interesting to see how top step trader deals with it and other trading companies is when we have a bear market, Mm -hmm. um, what happens? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, I mean, you can make money on the short side. You can make money. I was just going to say, you can like, we're helping traders understand how to be traders. So traders, you know, it slides faster than it glides. Yes. So (laughs) there, there's a, that's true. Yeah. There's your, uh, those that have been trading in a while know that there's a short side is going to be a really good side. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So I, whether we go ahead in a recession, whatever, as long as volatility stays, you know, moving. Yeah. I think that's good. It's when you're playing, sitting down in the pit playing Uno. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, if you were a VIX trader for all those years, it was, uh, Mm -hmm. and I remember, um, the VIX is a nine. The VIX is a nine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the things Bill Clinton did when he was president was hire Rubin, who knew how to tame the bond market. And the bond market had virtually no volatility for years, for, years. for like eight years really? while he was in office. Huh. And it was like everybody's gone. I remember in the euro dollars, in the short term part of the curve, our range one year was like 50 points. Oh, wow. From, yeah, that's nothing. I mean, that's, that's like, nothing. what? That's paint, I mean, that's paint drying. You know, there. I mean, woo. Yeah. And so it was hard to make money. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's just interesting. Uh, any last parting words that you have for people? No, what I always uh, like to say is, you know, take your time with trading. Have some yeah. patience. But, you know, I'm a big fan of always trade for tomorrow. I've seen so many people in my, my younger trading days of, like, trying to get it all today and make all your money back or put up big days but uh, just have patience, and it's it's a great world of trading. The trading is very, very – it's a beautiful thing. If you can't be a professional athlete, become a trader because yeah. it's going to challenge you. And, and you're going to get mentally taxed day in and day out. You are. So your physical body will probably do okay. Yeah. Um, but your mental – Yeah, no. Could, you, yeah. Could, you could you lose your mind. to be your physical. Yeah, you can't lose your mind. <laughs> but uh, it's a fun, great, challenging world, and every day is new. So yeah. enjoy it. All right, great. Well, thank you for coming on the Limit Up podcast brought to you by Top Step Trader, Michael yeah. Patak. Thank you.
one of the founders of Top Step Trader. Well, thank or you, the Jeff. founder. The I should founder, say. yes, yeah, yes. the founder of yes, yeah, and financial backer and venture capitalist. Uh huh. And... I'm working into the venture capitalist part. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> that is how someday be like you. Yes. I don't know. You want to be like me? <laughs> yeah. That, that would be a bad thing. So, um, well, good luck, and uh, we'll look more for um, Top Step Trader in the future. Cool. Thank you very much, Jeff. Traders and gentlemen, thank you for making it to the end of the Limit Up podcast presented by Top Step Trader. We'll be back next week with another new episode featuring two guests you might already be familiar with, but I'm a big fan of surprises, so I won't spoil anything yet. Before you close your browser or return your mobile device to its holster, remember to subscribe and like this podcast on iTunes or elsewhere, wherever you get your podcast, and join our private community on Facebook. It's a great place to bounce trade ideas, connect with other top step traders, or just hang around while the markets are slow. If you're hungry for knowledge, we also have a blog for you, which you can find via the Top Step Trader website. Now, that's all we have for this week. So until next time, I wish you all the best. Namaste and trade well. This episode produced by Dante32. Futures in Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.